Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It is easy to leave a burning building when it is on fire. But what if that building contains the very thing that gives you life, excitement, peace, joy, courage, and wonder? Will you be an agent of change or do nothing and eventually leave? If you work in Catholic ministry, business, or education and need quality content on your website or social media pages, contact The Simple Catholic for copywriting services at thesimplecatholic.blog and click on the Writing Services page for more information. The Church Militant Needs Soldiers Against the Enemy. Enlist the Simple Catholic in this fight for the truth. Good News Ministries of GNM.org It's the Catholic place for growing your faith. Good News Ministries will provide you with faith-building reflections, virtual retreats, prayer resources, and lots more. All of it is free. Visit gnm.org today. Welcome to Tools to Ready the Journey, a conversation to help prepare and support young men for fatherhood. Hello everyone and welcome to Tools to Ready the Journey. This is a father's guide to a faith-filled family. I'm Bill Snyder and I'm joined by Ray Haywood, the author of this fantastic book. And this is a new podcast series and a, in some ways a study guide and supplement to the book. First of all, welcome to the program and welcome to this joint venture. It's going to be so much fun talking with you and helping young men live faith-filled lives and lead their families. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey, Ray. Thank you for this time and fellowship. Absolutely. I want to stress to our listeners, this truly is time and fellowship. And taking the time to listen to this, taking time to read the book, is going to lead you further into fellowship with other men, other faith-filled men, and also help you in your journey. So we're going to talk about uh, tools to ready the journey. And briefly, in this very first episode, Ray, I want to ask you a little bit about what this book is and the vision. Okay, Tools to Ready the Journey, A Father's Guide to a Faith-Filled Family. So the uh, title of the book, Tools to Ready the Journey, is for the younger reader, for the young man. I actually wrote this book to myself at 18 years old. Um, we're going to go into Chapter 1 today where we talk about Fathered by God, um, a book written by John Eldridge. And I thought when I read that book how it would have changed my life if somebody would have handed it to me when I was 18 years old. It really would have given me some clarity and vision towards the masculine journey. But Tools to Ready the Journey is the title, the subtitle, A Father's Guide to a Faithful Family. That's to the older man. That's to the person in my place. So this book has got two audiences. But the first audience that it's supposed to reach into is the younger reader, Tools to Ready the Journey. And that's what I'm hoping we're going to begin and embark on in these uh, next interviews and sharing exactly how to navigate the journey well. Yes, and that is uh, so important that life really is a journey. And as you mentioned in these uh, chapters, in, the, in this very first chapter, it's called The Masculine Journey. And for those of you uh, who maybe haven't read the book yet or um 
delved all the way into it, I want to talk a little bit about those that journey. And you highlight six stages of life, right? Talk to us a little bit about what those six stages are. Okay, so the masculine journey. Um, I'm going to share with you what the stages are, and then I'm going to share with you the way that I describe them within the book. So the six stages, childhood, adolescent, young adult, adult, middle age, and senior. But the way that we're going to identify them is exploration, self-identity, self-worth, awakening, head of household, and elder. And the reason why I apply those uh, terms or um, endearments to the chapters is so that they could come closer to the reader, because we expand on exploration. We expand on self-identity, self-worth, awakening. We expand on those um, intents within the masculine journey. Something very important to understand about the masculine journey is to find where you are within it as a young man. Also to know that there's thresholds and we should always be following someone who's in the next stage. So this book begins and ends with before we can lead, we must first follow. And always have intent towards finding like-minded men of strength and will who live and approach life well in the stage in front of you so that hopefully that person will stay as a um, lifetime friend or maybe it's an uncle or hopefully it's a father. Sometimes it's somebody outside of our family that's close to us. I, I'm not sure who that person will be that will fill that role in front of you. It may change, but it's important to find that person, to identify that threshold and be able to move fluidly within the masculine journey, knowing where you are at that moment and how it's identified. Amen. And I want to talk with you a little bit about each of the different stages in, in kind of, you know, a light depth uh, so that we can talk about what is present in each one. And as we go through that, keep in mind that you're always being fathered by somebody. And I think that's one of the big keys that came out to me as I read this chapter, Ray, was that, as you mentioned, before we lead, we must follow, and we're always following somebody. Ultimately, we follow our Father in heaven, but we're always following our example of somebody. So when you're in the childhood stage and you look back at this, I mean, there's not many, you know, uh, young children at age seven or eight that are going to be able to pick up this book and understand it, but that's not who it's for. Um, but when we think back to our childhood stage, right, for most of us reading this book, what are those things that are important to look at as we look back on our childhood and then as we try and uh, father our children? What are those keys that are very important in, in that stage? So the first ch- stage, childhood which I'm going to explore as exploration. And this is where a young boy finds his heart and he finds passion for adventure and challenge. Okay. It's where he starts to climb trees 
and play with toy guns and other weapons that he created by his own hands. He challenges his siblings, uh, friends and dares and competitions and makes vehicles of his own hands uh, to, you know, um, um, go-karts, uh, skateboards, bicycles. He, he, he finds old bikes, puts them together himself. This, this is what this stage is supposed to be about. Um, young, you know, wild at heart. If you've ever written that, um, read that book, what a, what a beautiful time this is. But, uh, in, in, um, consideration towards time we have with sharing these things, I want to bring out the most important part with lack of fatherly leadership, the heart of the boy can be pushed down in the, um, the development of this crucial stage. Uh, the boy needs to explore, you know, you say toy gun in this world and it, those words are trigger points for a narrative and for a, a, a young man coming into himself in this world, he doesn't understand how to discern the narrative. He doesn't understand how to, um, find within his own will separate from living in and of this world and the narrative that it pushes down on us, that if he doesn't explore these options for his boy to grow within the um, exploration stage and, and definitely share it with it, the mother. The mother needs to understand that he needs to climb that tree. Don't tell him no. He needs to fall and skin his knee. He needs to challenge his cousins. Now, that doesn't mean we step away from our parenting. We're supposed to parent. We're supposed to keep things in a safe manner and, and put order into what our our exploration boys, the childhood stage is going through. But we need to see it play out, and we need him to grow in a healthy manner. Fantastic. And I want to talk with you a little bit about some of the things that are in that um that, that you really highlight just in the book, and it's highlighted in my book <laughs> with an actual highlighter, but you, but you talk about the father wanting to be intentional, loving, nurturing, and also supporting, as you just mentioned, you know, uh, that, that challenge, allowing boys to be boys, allowing them to climb trees and challenge their cousins and, 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 and siblings and play a, in, a, in a healthy way. But it has to be done by the guiding hand of intentional, loving, and nurturing fathers um, that encourage and challenge them. Uh, one personal example from my life that I'll just give you, Ray, is that when when I was a boy, uh, I remember that on the weekends my mom would be working. Um, she worked at a hospital. She was working night shift often, and my dad would be home with us on the weekends. And let me tell you, we would build uh, all kinds of things. We'd do tinker toys. We would do, uh, log cabins and whatnot. And, and we would really feel that our dad was encouraging us in the exploration stage, both me and my brother, right? He was encouraging us in that exploration stage of life. Um, you know, playing with us every once in a while, <laughs> he'd you know, wrestle or roughhouse with us a little bit, you know, in a, in a very playful, loving way. And even in the very, you know, in our backyard, throw us baseballs, um, you know, take us out and, you know, throw uh, footballs to us and, and play two-hand touch in the backyard. And all of those things are, you know, kind of crucial in that 
beginning stage. And when I think back to my childhood and that exploration stage, I see that my dad did a fantastic job in, in, um, in doing that, right? And so um, I have a great example in that stage in my life. So um, I just thought, you know, I'd share that because I think it's very important for fathers out there to have that real world experience as well, right? That, that real world experience of, uh, of knowing what the practicalities of doing something like that is. So um, just, a, just a point there. Uh, but no, I think uh, remember that it's intentional, loving, and nurturing. Uh, those those three things. If you really stick to that, you're gonna raise great children, right, Ray? Oh my goodness, it's so wonderful to hear that you had that experience, and it also explains why you are where you are at this moment in time in your life. Because it's within the exploration stage that the heart of the boy can be pushed down, and then all of the following stages get lost. You are not lost in that stage. <laughs> It's it's beautiful to hear the way you describe your father. Um, you know, a father who sits down and builds a toy model with his son gives him something to look at that he did with his father. It's a beautiful thing to do. You know, you, you shared wonderful experiences. Those instilled within you a zeal for the remaining stages that are in front of you. And, and also it gave you an experience that you hold close, you know, love, unconditional love for you to share unconditional love with your children, um, to show your humanity to your children. When, when you, when, when you say you're sorry to your children, if you step out of line, we're all human, we all fall. It's a beautiful thing to do. I'm so happy that you shared that with me. Absolutely. Also, I want to say one other thing about intention. When intent is applied well, I believe that it's a virtue. And if someone was to look at intent as a virtue, when you're applying it well, that gives a different perspective towards applying it. Yes, absolutely. In, intentionality is something that you talk a lot about in these chapters. And I, I want to touch on that uh, in just a few minutes. I want to talk about the intentionality and the competency because I believe they go both hand in hand. But I, but let's go through the other stages first, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about that. So the the adolescent stage, uh, again, we it's something we've all been through, right? But there's two virtues in there as well that a father can highlight that I have highlighted again in my book. And I know, Ray, you recommended to me, take a highlighter, take a pen. And gentlemen that are listening to this, reading the book, take a highlighter, take a pen to the book. Uh, you know, it's not going to offend Ray at all to uh, to do that. But there's two things that I kind of pulled out of that. Uh, compassion and selflessness um, are, are two things that in that stage of maybe rebellion, uh, and, and things like that that happen in that self-identity stage where uh, a, a young man is finding himself in, in those high school years or middle school years um, that are really important to have, right? The compassion and selflessness of a father uh, is extremely important. So I want to just step back on uh, something off-key just a little. <clears throat> you mentioned about a highlighter and a pen. This book actually has no pages in it. But any book that I've ever read, 
I've always read with a highlighter and a pen and his notes in every margin of every book because I hope that one day my sons pick up the books that I read and see what jumped out at me and that they can expand in their reading of my books on the vision and view through their father's eyes. Now, let's go to adolescent, the second stage, which I call self-identity stage. Okay, in this stage, we figure uh, out, do I have what it takes? And that's where we start to challenge and spar with, uh, it's a different type of exploration than in the childhood stage. It's actually a sparring, it's, it's a, a kind of a pushing out of our chest. Um, it's also where we have adolescent moments and adolescent moments um, are moments that if a father is not intentional can actually leave scars within the child, actually within the whole family. So um, the adolescent moments is something that needs to be taken away from this portion of the uh, masculine journey. The intentional father needs to know that these moments are going to happen. Um, but he can also um, uh, share when these moments happen. This this chapter will give um, foreshadowing knowledge of these moments that they are they're going to happen. But when we approach them well and we share these facts with our son, subconsciously we're preparing them for the next time they find themselves challenged within these adolescent moments. They'll better know how to discern. Um, what they're feeling, what their emotions are, how they're growing within their masculine journey, and they'll be able to approach it well unwittingly, just by the father being intentional and sharing these moments with them. This is such a strong um, uh, application for the attentional father in this self-identity stage to, to recognize when these moments happen, to explain to the other si siblings, to the mother, hey, you know what, this is normal, um, we're going to approach this, we're going to talk about this as a family, we're going we're gonna to support him and, and understand him and, most importantly, love him through it. So, um, self-identity stage, so important within the masculine journey for both the boy raising within it and the father who has to approach it well. Yes, again, the, having that compassion and selflessness and realizing that uh, you are helping your child, as you mentioned, move through it uh, and, and, and showing them and giving them example of your own adolescence and your own failings and your own uh, struggles in life. Uh, being able to uh, help them identify with that, with that, you know, key of compassion and uh, selflessness uh, really helps form them and move them through that in a, in a beautiful way. Um, I, I want to kind of move quickly into the next stages here, Ray, uh, because I think that it's very important that we get through all of them here in this episode. But more than that, I, I want to make sure that uh, we are able to uh, unpack them for people because we don't even know uh, what stages people are listening. Of course, we uh, are intending this to be for young men to, to, to raise, but you might be in a totally different stage in your life listening to this. You Maybe you're a grandpa or whatever and say, hey, you know what? My 
grandsons need to listen to this or my you know uh my my son needs to hear this as as they're listening to this so i want to kind of move through so they can uh, figure out what stages they're in and where they are in their life as well so um, let's talk a little bit about the self-worth stage as a young adult and i kind of want to ask you where's the if you had to draw a line you know and i am be, between adolescence and young adult where would where would you begin to draw that? You know, where would you say adolescence ends and young adults begin? Is that is that in the college years, Ray? So I would imagine somewhere within puberty, within high school, uh, it's it's a threshold. Now again, we're going to touch on the point that um, everybody's journey is uh, um, self-owned. So where they find themselves in their journey and in their maturity definitely um, um, gives defining lines within the thresholds and as they pass through them. But they also, if they have the foreknowledge of these thresholds, they'll know better how to find them. So young adult self-worth stage. This is the stage where they are, they find out what is worth it for them to fight for. They find out what is worthy of fighting for within their will. If they've been raised in the two prior stages well, this is where they'll find themselves. Now, for the young man who finds himself in the uh, self-worth stage, um, society's influences can misdirect him. Um, He becomes more aware of exercising his own free will And if the intentional father did not instill within him moral posture uh, and family values, um, then he could find himself lost to um, finding situational truth within the false causes that pull our young people away from the family, the structure of the family, the order that's found within the family, uh, in the... the, um, uh, um, the new norms within the public square and it's very uh it's very important for the first two stages to lead well into this third stage of self-worth because if you were lost in the first stage the second stage is 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 so challenging to the family because now you have those um you know those adolescent moments but now in this third stage you become challenging to yourself because you find yourself lost within the causes that this world is narrating for us and if we don't understand how to discern objective truth and find our own voice within ourselves we could easily follow the influence of the our peers who are living in and of this world rather than the intention of living in and of the word. And when someone is coming into this uh, self-worth stage, um, it's when they're actually stepping away from their faith. 18 to 25, you know, uh, uh, this is a threshold right after. And, you know, I don't want to go to Mass, Mom. You know, I don't want to go. These are all things that are all happening within the young life. And they don't understand the value of the mass and, and the order and and the moral posture that's uh, instilled within from um, receiving the sacraments and the graces. So they find themselves lost only 
to the young man who was led well from an intentional father who reflected well? Can he actually come through this stage successfully because it's the first stage where he actually finds himself on his own? And if he is someone who doesn't understand the difference between uh, sinful nature and sin, if he is a young person who finds himself thinking that there's no result to his actions like the rest of this world is reflecting right now, he finds himself lost. And he finds himself thinking that it's okay to have to, to share in this worldly view of no consequences for our actions. So this, this is um, a very important stage for a father to instill firmly moral posture, continually chip away. You know, my grandmother told me when I was in this stage, Raymond, you don't have to listen to me, but you have to hear me. So for the intentional father who is pushed back by his son in this stage, he needs to be continually chipping away by sharing what's true and what's real with that young man so he can be successful. That's beautiful. That's totally beautiful. Uh, how you just you know mentioned that I I love what your grandmother said to you in that stage. You don't have to listen to me, but you have to hear me. And so uh, continually speaking the truth, an intentional and compassionate and loving father is going to chip away by always speaking what is true and what is on his heart in that young adult stage. And that's so 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 important. Um. I want to talk about yeah. the next stage, Ray, because moving into adulthood um, and and beginning to see the past experiences and then and then looking at all the different things, as you kind of say in this book, it's a great line because I think it's really important how you uh, make it real. You say, what was once a family photograph on a shelf now becomes a cherished notion of warmth and unconditional love. So now you have enough experience behind you to begin looking back on your life and reflecting on that and and making it become uh, something that is more real and more present. So in other words, you're just not looking at the, as you say in the book again, planks and nails, but you're actually looking at it as a home that provides a sacred space and gathering there's something that changes from okay now i've got to prove my 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 worth right to myself to i'm now awakened in this adult stage into the world that um there is more to uh that i can give to the world there's more that i can give back to others um by this time maybe you are a father in this stage um, yourself, and now you begin looking at that. So, just talk with us a little bit about the pitfalls that can happen in this stage, because there are some pitfalls that can happen in this stage, right? Yes. So, I would say that um, though you yourself are on the threshold between awakening stage and head of household, and it's not a matter of it being midlife meaning the fifth one, but head of household where you just got married and you're starting a family. But the awakening stage um, is where we find greater meaning in all that's around us. If we live through the prior three um, stages well, 
so uh, again, the way that this is written is for someone who is, you know, successfully moving through these stages well. And um, for someone who's reading this and has lost themselves within some part of the journey, it's very easy to recover through making these awarenesses into conscious competences and exercising your free will well. As you said about that photograph on the shelf, I can actually remember those moments in my life where those photographs actually started to mean something to me. You know, that uh, I wasn't living at home. I wanted those photographs around me. I wanted to see them. You know, I I have music and photographs mean a lot to me. I don't know why. It's just something that's within me. It's instilled within me. But the the greater meaning of the adult awakening stage is a beautiful uh, stage if you come into it with intent and living well. Now, in this stage, oh my gosh, the relationship that you have with your father, the the lessons that you can now learn from your father that you, you didn't turn to him before in your other stage where you were finding yourself alone and, and navigating. Well, now you turn back to the father. If your father is a position within your life that's worthy of you turning back towards and you reach into him and you find the wealth and you start to hear and listen to what is being shared and 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 the the value that comes from that relationship the 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 value that i have with my sons is amazing they're both two very different men i get to my, both of my sons are nothing like me so i get to learn from these young men and look through their eyes and 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 grow with them in their experiences it's a beautiful thing for them to turn to me now you know 21 and 27 my sons are for them to turn to me now and and to ask what i feel about a certain thing or to to watch my youngest son ponder while i'll say something in a room it's an amazing it's an amazing thing to watch and and for it to play out in front of you because you and your wife put so much intention into your family and, and you built it well. Last night at dinner, I said to my wife, you know, I'm a man who's hands-on. I'm hands-on with everything. And I said to my wife at dinner that there was something I said at a men's group a couple of years back. I just shared it with her. And I said, over my life, I felt as though I could build a car, I could build a house. There's nothing I can't do. But what I didn't realize I was building, which was most important, was a family. And it's beautiful to look back on. So the awakening stage is where you turn and you shoulder up to like-minded men and you push forward. And you, and you have intent and your will becomes truly free within you. And you find value in things that, that, that are virtuous. And you can discern and look at other people and actually have pity on them because they're not sharing in the fullness that you and your family and, and the people that you surround yourself with get to share in. It's, it's beautiful. And, you know, almost going hand in hand, Ray, listening to you talk about that it, and where you are in your life right now is in that head of household stage, right? You're in that head of household stage. Yes. Because you're, you just described that entire stage, that fifth stage, 
as uh, from the perspective of your your sons, right? Because your sons are looking up to you. You're you, you're the leader of the family. You are able to impart wisdom, and now they're mature enough to understand it, and so and 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 be seeking it of their father, right? And so when when you begin to look at that, you know you see how you have really uh, taken on that role as head of household, uh, and and are now leading the family and have adult children leading them in in their faith and in their pursuits right into uh, future marriages or vocationally or uh, through their job uh, hunts and all of those things that they're that they're going through right now in their life you are helping them with that and you are being intentional and you are rather competent at it so uh, looking at those things uh, that that's really the head of household stage right yes so the fifth stage, which is midlife head of household, <clears throat> this stage is also for spiritual fathers. We need to stress that our priests, our deacons, our um, clergy, very important that they understand that wherever they are in their masculine journey, they fulfill this portion to their, I'm a eternal father, but my pastor is younger than me. He is my spiritual father. He holds that position within my family. My family knows that of his position. I share with them that that's the way that I view my pastor and that position within our clergy, our community. So midlife head of household, uh, it's a position that I hold, but it's also a position that needs to be competent and aware to spiritual fathers. Now, this place that I hold, I believe that I achieved it almost silently. And the it's through my past actions over time that I've achieved this place of honor within my family. <clears throat> I never pounded a fist to gain this place of respect. I It's all off of actions and selflessness. My sons know that my wife comes before me. He, they know that my wife is everything. To, she is everything to me. She is on a pedestal. My sons see that reflection in me. They understand that in order for our family to be successful, the mother is the heart of the family and she needs to take that role and it needs to be encouraged by the father who's intentional. And also um, in this approach towards the family, we shield our family members from any outside false influences that could jeopardize them or misdirect them because in the unconditional love that we share, they, th that's, that's the order placed into the family. It's something that you and I've spoken about, uh, both in and off of, uh, the, uh, interviews. When you place order into something, it's welcomed, whether it be conscious or subconscious. So my sons see order within my family. They can rest assured that at 1130, we're going to be at mass. They know what's expected. I know and I understand how my family moves within my house. There's order to it. There's order to the way that we have dinner every Sunday. There's order to the conversations that we share and the talking points. 
the current events that we bring to the table so that they could better discern and, and navigate this world. Intentional conversations that my wife and I have with our children so that they could understand and, and, and just be able to see truth, objective truth for what it is. This is all part of the midlife head of household stage. And it's important for a father just as much as a spiritual father. If my children came to me and I didn't answer them, how would I, how would I be in anything that I do? They need instant answers. I'm not supposed to be too busy for anything. My children call me. They know their father is there. There's no, I'll call you back. There's never, they don't get me to answer them. My phone rings. Listen, there's only few phone, like if I put my phone on silent, there's phone calls that come through no matter what. I was in a mass um, that, that, that our bishop was saying, and my son Nicholas rang through because there is nothing that stops my children to get to me. And that's the way I feel. And they know that. They know that of their father. So these are these are these these virtues uh, shown through unconditional love to my family puts me in a, a place of authority, and it also shelters them from all of these uh, stumbling blocks that are thrown before them. It's a beautiful place to hold. Uh, I I cherish it. I'm I'm fortunate to have it. It's because of me living life well up to this point that I'm able to to share in it. So uh, every part of my masculine journey, even when I wasn't intentional in it and I wasn't aware of it, led me to the place where I am, just as your journey has led you to where you are. But only since my 40s, I'm now able to navigate it well, knowing the threshold and knowing that I need somebody to follow. Just like now, maybe you're coming into a competency of the same thing that I've experienced in my 40s, but you're in your 30s, so you're better off for it. You know, it's beautiful uh, that this, and you reminded us all of it, and it's important to remind listeners and readers of your book again and again and again, and you do, that uh, before you are able to lead, you must follow. And that is so important. Uh, it's something that uh, I, I see in you, I see um, in, in my own father, right? Before you're able to lead, you must follow. And there is a desire to follow. Remember that we have a desire because we're created by God. We have a desire to follow others, especially as, as we mature. We have a desire to lead and we, and we have a place to lead, but we also have a desire to follow. Why? Because we want to follow our Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, that triune Godhead, into heaven. We want to follow them there, where they are. We want to be someplace else, and that's written on our hearts. That's part of our being in, a, in our very nature. So remember that before you lead, you must follow, and that we're always following somebody. And that kind of leads us into the last stage where there it's hard to have somebody to follow, at least earthly, right? Where you are a senior in that elder stage. And, um, you, you know, that's up until kind of like, you know, death. So talk to us a little bit about that, that, that stage, Ray. And, you know, as you mentioned in the book, I just want to highlight it real quick. 
because again, it's highlighted on my pages, is that we tend to place our elders and, and, and elderly people on a metaphorical shelf out of the way and out of view. Um, but that is a disordered way of looking at it, right? Uh, it, it can be selfish to reject that elder's advice. What are the important pieces um, of this stage to, to look at? And because our society kind of puts it on the shelf and, and out of view from from the importance perspective, you know, um, they you know they say, oh, it's good for nursing homes, it's good for you know that kind of thing. Their people are breaking down. What do, what do we learn from those people who are elderly in our lives? So the senior elder stage, the sixth stage, the last stage. I believe it to be the best stage. Um, if you've approached the prior as well, um, this age is on a threshold of when your family members, uh, that you fathered and nurtured, uh, are grown and they begin to start their own families. Or if you're a spiritual father, you know, automatically where you fall within this stage. But, um, most important about the, uh, elder stage is the way in which we deliver our messages when we were in stage five, meaning the head of household, if if we weren't intentional and we didn't deliver the message well, then the way that we conducted ourselves then is the way that we're going to be uh, received. So um, as, as um, a grandfather or a, a, a father to a grown adults, um, if if they don't come to us because we didn't approach uh, our fifth stage well, but we are coming into the wisdom of this stage now, it's not something that we have to lose. We can we can start to reflect well and slowly chip away, but we also have to recognize the uh, the manner in which we uh, place our delivery towards our family. Um, so a, a lot of men who are reading this book are, um, so, you know, we discussed once before how men's books don't sell and men's groups don't work. So a lot of us men in our masculine journey don't come into the fullness of it until we're possibly at the end of our fifth stage or the, the beginning of our sixth, meaning the elder stage. So now you recognize your faults and you recognize how you, um, you you fe- you fell short in your humanity. Okay, fine. We 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 all fall short. Uh, we're we're only uh, aware of where of what we've been made competent to. Maybe you were too busy in life to recognize that your faith was such an important part. Okay, fine. Now, how do you recover? How do you? What do you do? You know, and j- just as in that last stage, you have to be intentional and chip away and recognize that maybe you're not being listened to, but you you know, you, you have to be heard by your children. You know, forgiveness is something that you could request and ask for. I know that a lot of your, your listeners are not going to relate to what I'm sharing here, but I think it's a very important message for the older father of grown children to hear at this moment that they can ask forgiveness of their children. They can, they can reach in and, and, and understand their humanity and, and, and find fault in their actions and, and, and share with, if think of 
as a, I've, I have the uh, ability to look at a father's position and a child's position. You haven't gotten there yet, Bill. But as a child, you, if your father came to you and asked forgiveness, that's a powerful tool. I can't stress how, how powerful that tool is. And for a father to come and humbly say to his child that he's, he's sorry for his actions, that, that, that's, that's a life-changing moment for the child. Whether the child is 50 or whether the child is 15, it's, it's life-changing at that moment when, when that father sh- shares in humility, even if it's for the first time in his life. And humility is what grows and nurtures love. So it's within our humility that we can face our children and share with them the knowledge that we now have and the mistakes that we possibly have made. Um, That was important, but also now the elder stage looked through the eyes of somebody who faced life well. Oh my gosh, I'm going to sit back in an easy chair and my grandchildren are going to crawl all over me. And the fireplace in my house is going to be on just as it is on cold, cold days where my children know that I'm going to be feeding that fire. There's certain things that are going to be consistent in my senior life as it is right now in my life with my children. And they're going to find comfort in that. Totally beautiful. These experiences are what makes the journey worthwhile if if even if you're catching up even if you're coming to these awarenesses and 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 being loving at this moment of what's being shared with you it's not too late it's never too late but you should relish what i am going to experience and also what i say to a young person who reads this book look at what my message is on to to my wife in the beginning pages see what i say to her and make that be worthy of a life worth living because i get to share in that and you don't get to share in what i do without intent and it's important for us as men to share these competencies so that our young people don't make mistakes and they could also understand what humility and compassion is in the awarenesses and the intent as you as you share many times within this conversation it's a beautiful thing so every decision matters and every action counts and they have rippling effects into the lives of our loved ones we must be willing to humbly follow before we can intentionally lead. These are fundamentals of the masculine journey. And it's beautiful to see play out when you approach it well. Amen. Amen. Uh, as a little wrap up here, Ray, as we kind of close this very first episode, I want to remind listeners of your website because that is very important that they are able to jump onto it and connect with all the resources there. There are more than just uh, the resources of a podcast. If they haven't uh, got a copy of the book yet, you need to do it, folks. Uh, in order to kind of follow along with us, read along with us, each chapter of this 
podcast and this podcast study are going to be uh, a, a chapter in in the book. Uh, so read the book, listen to the podcast, and participate in men's groups in your parish. If you don't have one, start one um, and get things going. But all of the information to help you do that and even uh, the Facebook discussion groups, the Instagram, the Twitter, all of that stuff is available to you by looking at trjfathersguide.com. Again, it's trjfathersguide.com. And Ray, I want to thank you so much for spending your time talking uh, from your heart about these issues today. And I look forward to uh, the remaining episodes with you because it's so enriching for me personally, but I know for our listeners out there listening to this. So thank you so very much for being a part of this with me. Thank you for the fellowship. I just want to challenge our listeners to one thing. I'd like them to challenge themselves to think about where do you find yourself in the masculine journey at this moment in time? Beautiful. This has been an episode of Tools to Ready the Journey. For Ray Haywood, I'm Bill Snyder. Be intentional. You've been listening to Tools to Ready the Journey, presented by Breadbox Media. For more information about this ministry to young men, visit trjfathersguide.com or search for TRJ Father's Guide on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tools to Ready the Journey is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about how Patchwork Heart Ministry can support your ministry, visit patchworkheart.org. It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough Vehicle at caneford.com.